0: Well, There's certainly nobody backing down in that second period there, John. There's Merrimack and UMass game getting a little chippy there in the middle of 20 minutes, but Merrimack coming out with two goals to take a 2-1 to lead at the end of the second period of play. This is Mike Macknick alongside... Uh, John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you as it always is by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. And in fact, uh, if you get a degree in math, you might be able to be a hockey star scorer. Here. Uh, at any rate, after that second period, uh, visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Uh, joining us, Mark Bellotti here uh, from NutraZone.net and Uh, Mark, pretty crazy period there, second period there. Feels like it's almost midnight here. It's it's all over with all of the uh, delays and reviews and everything,
1: but uh, Merrimack does score twice, and they've got the lead at the end of two. Just a a strange hockey game because, you know, uh, UMass owned a lot of the territorial battles in that first period, and then in the second period, uh, Merrimack won its fair share, but there was a long, you know, review midway through that period, and um, their momentum seemed to shift um, after the Warriors scored that first goal, and then after they scored the second one, it was a big boost going into the room. I want to ask you about this UMass team I and mean, it's not just Kale McCarr. It's uh,
0: you know all of the other pieces that they've had, and that Greg Carvel and his staff have been working to build over the last few years. Uh, you know, you've obviously been following the recruiting and you know uh, the landing of players and so on. You know, for all all you know, all the teams, but uh, I want to especially talk about UMass right now. What have you seen that they've been able to do, and and, and how they've been able to do it in building the, uh, this team, getting to the point that they are right now, where they're number one in Hockey East. So they're almost certainly going to finish with the regular season title for the. First First time ever, number two in the country in the polls, uh, tied for first in the pairwise with St. Cloud State and almost certainly going to be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. And uh, and keeping in mind also that, you know, for Merrimack fans that are watching, you know, they'd like to see that kind of thing happen again. It was this way for Merrimack back around the 2011-2012 time frame, um, you know, What's UMass been able to do, first of all? Let's talk about that.
1: Well, I think from a recruiting standpoint, one of the things that they've done really well is, you know, and this is one thing that if you look back at Merrimack back in 2011, that they did really well is they went after players at winning programs that have a pedigree of winning championships, and, you know, that's one piece of the ingredient, but that's not the entire thing. The one thing that I will say, specifically from a scouting standpoint, if you look at the way that UMass plays, is pretty much every one of their players from, you know, top down, first line to fourth line, from top D pair to bottom D pair, they can all skate well. They're very Skilled skaters—they're quick, but in addition, they can shift direction so well, and they can pivot really well. They can swivel their hips very well. They, they just move around the rink so fluidly that it makes it easy to be able to change direction and, and change plays as they happen. Yeah. So, so, in other words, what you're
0: saying is this: this is one of the key things that that uh, Greg Carvel is looking at when he's recruiting to UMass—is you know, skating. That's right up there at the top of the list.
1: Yeah, skating is definitely at the top of the list. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have you know players that can finish at the other end as well. You know, that's definitely a plus. I think you know some of it is, you know, and as with any hockey team, it's, you know, good systems play is one thing, so when he came in, I'm sure that he and his assistant coaches instituted their own system and the way that they wanted to get the puck up the ice quicker, because, you know, the previous iterations of UMass teams, they were predicated on speed and just trying to, you know, put as many pucks in the net as they could. The problem was that the defense at the other end wasn't quite as commensurate, so, you know, with this team, they can play, they can play defense, they have the speed to cut down angles, but at the other end, they're very efficient offensively, and they are very sharp with, they make really Sharp passes, accurate, and they can get open in really small spots of ice. I think that's really what it's
0: about. You know, as we as we look here, uh, you, you know, in, in college hockey and what's worked, what's been successful, what, what you know, made teams successful. I think is just doing things quickly, right? And it's it's you know, moving the puck quickly. It's making quick decisions. It's uh, you get the puck off a of turnover, getting up ice is quickly puck up ice as quickly as well. It's all of that. I mean, being fast that does, doesn't just mean how fast you can skate. It means how fast can you do things.
1: Exactly. It's, it's processing speed as well because it's one thing to be able to get, you know, if your legs can get you from one point to another really quickly, that's a nice thing to have as, a, you know, as an asset. But the other thing is if you're able to recognize, okay, you know how far away the defenseman is when you're attacking the zone. You know, can you get him to back off by going faster? Can you cut to the outside? Should you cut to the inside? And also looking at, okay, if if I'm being defended and I have one or two people on me, how can I generate more space? Do I pull back and give myself more time? You know, if I have the puck, can I find someone and, and pass to a section of ice as opposed to the player itself? How do I get to that individual spot, you know, a little bit quicker? And that's one thing this UMass team does very well. They anticipate and they're very aware of their surroundings. All right, so we know the game is only getting faster. That We've seen that progression for a while. That's the way that it's been,
0: certainly, uh, no question about it. What's Merrimack doing in terms of recruiting? Are they going? Is that what Scott Bork is doing now and his staff? They're going out and trying to get uh, quick guys as well. What do
1: you know, what, what the next year or two look like uh, for Merrimack recruiting wise? You know, it's it's interesting because I think what they're they have a little bit of a combination of what they've what they've looked at in terms of scouting. So you know, one of the things that you know is a hallmark of these freshmen and also of a number of the players that are in the ranks that are looking to come up um, for the coming year and the next two years is you know there's a lot of physicality that's in the in the waiting weight, wins as well because. You know, you can tell that Bork really likes a physical style, a team that is on you at all times, on the puck, on the body. And you can tell that his the players that he's recruiting are really trending towards that area. Now, that doesn't mean they can't skate, they don't have stick skill, they aren't able to finish, because they can do all of those things. But I think he's predicating on being a team that's really difficult to play against, a UMass Lowell, a Providence, who has really succeeded recently with those types of styles. Yeah. So who are some of the guys to watch for then? Like, for example, guys coming in next year here at Merrimack? So for next year, uh, what you'll see is there is a pretty large freshman class that's coming in. I mean, you know, the the player that you know comes to the top of my mind is uh, Reagan Kimmins who is having a pretty successful year out in the BCHL. And you know, I scouted him many years ago when he was uh, playing out at St. Andrews College, who um, comes down to play the prep teams down here fairly often. And um, you know, one of the things that those types of players have is, you know, they have a very, very um, dedicated school where they practice, they they learn, and they go through all of these you know different things where they're trying to figure out from systematically. They know exactly where to be when to be there and they're very disciplined about how they play and you know as he grew up he got bigger he got stronger and now that's really aiding him being in the bchl and i think he'll be he'll definitely be um, a contributor off the bat but you'll also notice that a lot of the players they're bringing in are top level ushl players that are 98s 99s players that are a little bit older and other schools may have passed by because of their age but if you're in merrimack's position you want those 20 21 year old freshmen especially if you're starting um, a number of freshmen next year who need to be a little bit older to be able to play against these players that are 24 and 25 in some cases. Talking with Mark lot from neutralzone.net. The score here is
0: two to 2-1 Merrimack at the end of the second period of play, uh, playing number two UMass here in their final home game of the regular season. Uh, we talked a lot about recruiting here, but... Let's talk about the present here. Hockey East, obviously, we know Merrimack doesn't make the playoffs this year. They're going to be one of the three teams that don't make it. UMass looks like potentially, uh, looks like almost certainly the regular season champion, but they'll have one round in the playoffs to get through. Then the,
1: the, uh, the Garden coming up as well. How do you see the Hockey East tournament shaping out? First of all, well, I'll tell you. You know, the, it's I haven't had the chance to see UMass, you know, live as well as I've seen them tonight. That, that just their skating game is so so on top of so many of the other teams in this league, and they're definitely going to be the, the heavy favorite. in order to at least get to the Garden, if not get to the Garden, start to do some damage. But I think you know people probably are sleeping a little bit on Providence, sleeping a little bit on um, UMass Lowell. I think they both have chances both to get to the Garden and do some damage as well. I mean, the, kind of the the consensus pick. Would be to put you know UMass and winning the trophy and raising the banner, but you know as you know in the hockey's playoffs, it doesn't always work that way as the number one seed taking it all, but the, I'll, I'll say this, that in the playoffs, being hard to play against is really valuable, that's why I never sleep on Providence and UMass Lowell the way that they play.
0: Yeah, that's the thing that, to me is going to be really interesting once we get into the, the tournament, especially to the card UMass has great of years they've had, they haven't been there, uh, Providence, Northeastern and Lowell all have, they've got more than enough guys with experience uh, you could also have, especially if BU wins that game tonight they could end up uh, that, that's going to really improve their chances of getting home ice and that could shake things up a little bit there in the first round of the tournament and, and you've got several very very different types of teams that are all there I mean you've seen UMass have have trouble with Lowell this year only the one goal in two games um, you know losing recently to Providence although apparently outplaying them um, you know it, it almost feels like Almost anything could happen there.
1: Yeah, and the hockey's playoffs, they're always wide open. And, you know, having good goaltending going down the stretch is another thing. Like, that can really win you a lot of games in a playoff series where if you're clamping down on an offensive team like a UMass or a Providence or whoever, if you're clamping down on them defensively, that completely evens and levels the playing field. But also, you made a good point about BU, too. They've really made a push towards the late part of the season and really started to ratchet it up. And, you know, I think they're playing at a level now where I don't know if they've been, you know, at any point this year. So it, it, whoever gets them in that first round is not going to have an easy time. It. Yeah, I mean, that could be a sleeper team right there, especially if they do get home no marks. Oh, without question. And playing it again is really difficult, You know, not only because they're familiar with their home rink, but you know they do, especially with the student section there, they pack it pretty well. Yeah. All right, Mark, thanks as always. We certainly appreciate your time, folks.
0: Check out his work at neutralzone.net. Mark Bellotta, our guest here. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you very much, Mike. All right, score at the end of two, Merrimack two, UMass one. We're back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.